Welcome, everybody. We are doing just calls today, of course, and it will be on Twitter Spaces where you can raise your hand and be called up and ask any question you want. It's a lot we have been through in recent uh, interviews, and I wanted a chance to process some of this stuff. We had RFK. We've had. I actually spoke to another uh, cardiologist today for the Dr. Drew podcast that I'm going to bring over here for the streaming show who've confirmed some of my worst uh, sort of um, worries. There's a lot of stuff we're worrying about right now, and we need to be sort of getting clarity on what exactly our risks are. Any event, whatever it is you want to talk about, there's some other issues I want to discuss as well, including sort of um, well-being and meaning-making and what's what's wrong with us right now. It's a, it's a question I seem to, seem to keep asking. But uh, again, you'll raise your hand. I'll bring you up, and you'll be out streaming on multiple platforms if you uh, are brought up. You are agreeing to do so on uh, Rumble, Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, etc. So let's get going. Our laws, as it pertains to substances, are draconian and bizarre. The psychopaths start this way. He was an alcoholic. Because of social media and pornography, PTSD, love addiction, fentanyl and heroin, ridiculous I'm a, I'm a doctor for <laughs> sake. Where the hell you think I learned that? I'm just saying. You go to treatment before you kill people. I am a clinician. I observe things about these chemicals. Let's just deal with what's real. We used to get these calls on Loveline all the time. Educate adolescents and to prevent and to treat. If you have trouble, you can't stop and you want to help stop it. I can help. I got a lot to say. I got a lot more to say. Okay, so let's get to it already. I'm... Uh reacting to some of the things you guys are saying and tweeting and whatever. Uh, this now is from Twitch. Did you read Homeboy's chapter about AZT and or update your opinion on that? I saw his documentary and I took issue with that with him in person when he was here for the interview because I was there as part, I was a resident as part of the research for the AZT. I was there right after the approval when we opened the boxes. You cannot imagine what that was like as a clinician at that time telling people every day they had six months to live and there was nothing you could do. Now, we had something for whom, well, with which we could do a little something. It was clear this was not going to cure anybody, but if we could push things back three months, four months, six months, during that time, we will develop other antivirals. We will come up with combinations, which is exactly what happened. In addition, we came up with other treatments for the illnesses that were taking these young men down. So the Kaposi sarcoma, the Burkitt's lymphomas, the pneumocystis pneumoniae, the cryptosporidia, the you know, coccidomycosis and the cryptosporidiosis, the, these meningitides and the, and the lymphomas. We came up with very interesting, creative, effective treatments to keep pushing things back while we worked on trying to come up with an effective cure or effective treatment for the HIV, which we eventually did, and in short order. So the fact that people are taking on AZT was, in fact, you all watched the Dallas Buyers Club movie with, uh, uh, oh gosh, what's his name from Texas? Um, does the Lincoln commercials? I'm going to watch. You guys are going to tell me. Susan, are you listening? Matthew McConaughey. Matthew McConaughey. Thank you. Uh, I was saying MMM. And uh, so that that movie portrayed the ba Dallas Buyers Club as some sort of hero. And they were in the beginning because we had nothing. We had nothing to offer. So if they wanted to go down to the Dallas Buyers Club or organizations like that and try anything, 
it, what are we going to say? We had nothing to offer, which is interesting. Isn't it interesting how in the present pandemic, as opposed to that epidemic in the current pandemic of COVID, when doctors wanted to try things, they were crushed for it. Back then, the people that were trying things were the heroes. Very interesting. Now, the reality is once we started having effective treatments, those organizations became a huge problem because they started telling patients exactly what RFK's book was saying, which is this is a poison, this is going to kill you, this is causing the syndrome, they haven't done the right studies. And yeah, we, we were working hard to get the right studies done. And the fact is that killed probably thousands of young men, that, that misinformation. But maybe not. I mean, we were really not doing the greatest job with the illness ourselves, but they were a part of the problem for a couple of years there. We had some effective treatments, but the word wasn't out yet. So I, I'll never forget that experience of working through HIV and AIDS. It, it sort of informed a lot of my feelings about this particular pandemic. But isn't it interesting? I never thought about it till this present moment that the Dallas Buyers Clubs, which were doctors trying all kinds of way outside the box treatments for HIV. Those were the heroes. In the present pandemic, anybody trying anything, and by the way, help, you know, harmless treatments, those were the criminals, or those needed to be silenced. Very weird, very different. All right, let me get to, uh, right to some calls here very quickly. This is, uh, hmm, is it Michelle? Michelle, Michelle. Hi, Dr. Hey, Drew, how are you? I'm good, how are you? I'm well. So I can ask my question staying on topic with CDC recent recommendations for the COVID vaccination for children entering school. Yes. I could find a whole lot of meaning. I am I am 100% with you on. I'm so confused in this upside down world. Yes. My I'm life is about joy and happiness, but man, it's just not out there right now. And this one, this one's going to cause a lot of, I'm an educator, a lot of uproar. I Many parents are going to say, no, thank you. We'll take our kids out of public school. Uh, I'm afraid you're absolutely right. Let, let's let me before we go to the vaccine. Let's talk about the lack of joy. That, that's a good way of framing what I'm seeing. I, I literally was in a Starbucks two days ago, and I was looking around. There were all these alone millennials, all with various states of um, look like anhedonia to me. Like they couldn't find enjoyment in things. They looked very unhappy. They were on their phones. And I literally looked around the room and I went, "Oh, is it, what are we? What are we doing? What's going on here? Why are we? Uh, wh why are we fighting? And what are we fighting for?" And it, 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 I can just imagine how they feel. Uh, you, yeah. you know what I mean? And then I heard Scott Adams today say the exact same thing. I was sort of surprised. He goes, are "You feeling it? How people are having tr real trouble finding joy and meaning in things?" And I thought, "Wow, he he is onto it." Is that what you're talking about? Yes, you can see it. You can see it when you walk into a coffee shop. It used to be three years ago. Do you remember even the noise and the chip and the yeah. chatter and the yeah. conversation that people yeah. were having? Yes, yes. It doesn't it doesn't exist anymore. Has have we just been broken by this experience or oh. or is it or has it has it that's what I'm trying to figure out. Is it, there, I'm trying to understand, is it depression from the experience of all this? Is it the COVID and the vaccine itself? You know, is, are these viruses causing a you know, neurological thing? Or is it that we've been shaken so hard by this experience that it's hard to go return to what we thought was meaning making before? which I kind of think is the thing, like the things I thought important before aren't so important now, maybe, or I'm looking for things that are important. And I can't find them. Is it, is it more in that category? 
Maybe. I just feel like back in the day, Walter Cronkite brought you the news at 6 p.m. and it was 24 hours before you got news again. You're right. And now social media has exacerbated this constant need or desire to know. And what you're needing to know and desiring to watch and see is a lot of negativity, a lot of argument, a lot of disgruntlement, a lot of unhappiness, a lot of you don't you don't. Yeah, we celebrate the birthdays, the anniversaries, the vacations, etc., but to your point, maybe it feels like the brain's going to the negative instead of the joy and the meaning-making opportunities. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, it's funny, as you were saying, the phones, a couple of people on these chat spaces said the exact same thing, that the, the phones are the culprit. But it's not just the phone itself. It's also, as you say, it's the delivery of this negativity and these headlines and these extreme fear-mongering in relation to anything, Ukraine, monkeypox, uh, COVID, everything. So, all right, so let's get to the, the vaccine stuff. So, did you hear our conversation yesterday? Yes, yes. Okay. So Kelly Victory's theory is that mm -hmm. this is a march towards putting it in the, I forget the official name of, of what, you know, this category. It's essentially the 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 um, mandated vaccines for childhood, essentially. Measles, mumps, mm -hmm. tetanus, mm -hmm. that kind Like of measles, mumps, exactly. And they're going to put it in that lineup. And the reason they want it in that lineup is it will give them eternal liability coverage. So the liability coverage they have now for the emergency use authorization will be sustained indefinitely if they get onto that that panoply, get onto that panel. So this is a movement in that direction. Now it's still up to the states to decide whether they're going to mandate the vaccine or not. What state are you in? Kansas. So, I mean, Kansas has been pretty reasonable, haven't they? They've been sort of no, yes. They they have been. They have been. And I have to tell you, our enrollment in public schools, I know this, I just know this, mm -hmm. is down mm -hmm. because over the last two and a half years, parents said, phooey, I can do this on home at, online and feel better about it. More will decide to do that if there's a mandate. And, and I don't know. I don't know whether Kansas will be politically um, uh, pressured to make this a mandate for public school or not. Like you opened with, why the mandate? What? Why the rush? To, what? What is? What do we do? I don't get it. You know, I there's another layer to this for me. Peter Hotez, who is a a pediatrician virologist, who I interviewed on this stream about maybe six months ago, and we had a conversation. He's a good guy. He knows what he's talking about. But he tweeted yesterday this this um, pediatric evaluation evaluation of pediatrics and COVID, and in that in that document. He alleges that that the mild and asymptomatic COVID is causing long COVID at the rate of one in four children. I was like, what? What do you? That means there'd be nobody in school ever anywhere. You'd have a fifty percent decline because twenty five percent have already vanished in many of the states, and that'd be another twenty five percent. It's like what? What? what and so it I, it occurs to me that the pediatric community is in some sort of a panic about this that does not fit clinical reality at all. They Either that they're not used to seeing sick kids and it shook them up, or they're not doing proper analysis on long COVID. I, I don't know. Something is very wrong in the pediatric group. And I think that's where this mandate is sort of coming from. They're feeding into the CDC and you know the infectious disease people are just taking it at face value. But it... it it, it's not accurate. It, it's it, The reality is 99.99% survivability with kids. Mm -hmm. Long COVID, 
not clear even what we're talking about, if it even exists with kids, or even, you know, we just don't know what, we're, what you're talking about. And the multi-system inflammatory syndrome does happen, is benign, much like you all point out that the, the uh, myocarditis seems to be recoverable, seems to be not having long-term consequences. We know for sure the multi-system disorder does not cause really serious consequences that I've ever seen. Maybe there are occasional case it does. The myocarditis, we worry still that it may have long-term consequences. So there's a lot going on still. And, and, I, I, and what does your your good friend Adam Carolla say? Who I still want to date one day. Put, he, the, uh, put the children in cages, right? God, I wish I I uh, don't wish that on you. But anyway, uh, so he <laughs> um, he says two two things about children in cages. He his latest preoccupation is uh, Jennifer Lopez, who uh, mm -hmm. he declares had to say something, had to say had to speak up, uh, and so she danced, and uh, that was the end of that. And now that there's still kids in cages, she's got no more to say about it. But okay. And, and when you went over the children with a mandate like this, you've just, you've just, right. Oh dear. So, uh, and mama bear will come out fighting. Now is when some, now is the time to speak up. Not, not necessarily them because it was leave them with the coyotes or try to put them in a detention center. But anyway, right. the, the, the other thing he was saying is he keeps saying to me and he said it just about two hours ago, which was that the trajectory of this vaccine is, 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 going in a very clear direction. At first, it was 100% effective. Then it was, well, it's not going to prevent infection. It's going to affect severe complication. Well, it's not really going to do that either, but they seem to be doing better. And it's certainly not going to affect infectivity. That doesn't matter at all. And well, maybe it only lasts three months and oh, there might be some problems with it. And so he is saying the trajectory is very clear as we try to figure out what's going on here. My, my point on the vaccines, amongst other things, has been consistently... Let's decide which populations we should be giving the vaccine to. I give it routinely to 65 and above, definitely 75 and above all the time. I, and I think I'm seeing benefit. It might be my bias, but it, for the elderly populations with multiple, multiple medical problems, it, it, even if it is doing very little, it is a security blanket that I like to have for my patients. Mm -hmm. I've used a lot of packs of it. We do have therapeutics now, so the vaccine is not so important. But I, my, my position is it seems to be helping these elderly patients. If you're 30 years old, it's a whole different story. And much like I don't give the shingles vaccine to a five-year-old, I don't give the pneumonia vaccine to a 22-year-old, I don't give, I wouldn't give you yellow fever if you came into my office, yellow fever vaccine, unless you were going to sub-Saharan Africa. There, there's reasons and populations where the risk benefit is worth it or clear in terms of giving the vaccine, giving any vaccine. And, you know, other than that, and giving it as a blanket, I mean, think about that. Uh, it's not even a childhood illness mm -hmm. and it's going to get in the, in the panel with childhood illnesses. Like, wow. Okay. Well, thanks. So you, you brought me joy. You brought me All right, good. Joy, you brought me so joy too. That's right. Thank and, you, sir. And I, and I saved time. you from Corolla. So I feel pretty good about that. So, so, <laughs> okay, um, okay. so there you go. Uh, let's get, uh, Candace up here. She's hooking up. Hi, Candace. Hey, what's going on, Candace? Candace, you're you're muted. So the microphone, in the lower right hand corner, should the little red. Oh, there you are. So here I am. Mm -hmm. Okay, thank you, you for taking my call. Of course, you were you were so, er early to the podium. So there you go. There you go. 
so as a nurse, a social worker, and a nutritionist, an author, uh, and also a researcher, I have a question why you continue to call it a vaccine instead because, of a shot. Because, uh, okay, so let, let's kind of break that down. I'm actually glad you brought that up. So why, why do you want to call it a shot? What, what does it do by calling it a shot any more than calling a pill a pill, a delivery system? A hypodermic needle, a shot, is a delivery system. So why is calling, why is naming it by its delivery system important? Well, I think that those of us that have been vaccinated against the polio, okay, against polio, you can pretty much travel the world. You're not going to get polio. Those that have been vaccinated against COVID-19. Not my question. Not my question. My question is, it's, what, what so does it do to call it? It doesn't offer. By, it doesn't by, offer protection. What, no, no, no. Hang on, hang on. So, so, yeah. so when I, when you prescribe, I don't know if you're a nurse practitioner or whatever, but if you prescribe an antibiotic and an antihypertensive, very different things, both pills. If I give somebody a polio vaccine and a polio vaccine and a flu vaccine, both shots. What what does calling them a shot do, or or a hypodermic and you know hypodermic syringe delivery system? I don't understand why. So so to me, it's so it's I would obscure... say I would say one is permanent or relatively. So so whenever I, whenever so whenever I pull out a hypodermic syringe, it has to be for some permanent solution. I gave somebody some steroids yesterday for for a lung for a bronch you know bronchiectasis. It wasn't permanent. His bronchiectasis is going to come back. I guess I can't tell him I gave him a shot. Well, you know what? You're talking to, I, I've been in the trenches as a nurse since 1975. Mm -hmm. And I would say that, unfortunately, what I've witnessed in the past 25 to 30 years is that physicians are being trained not to be healers but to be nothing more than pharmaceutical bartenders. So I understand it's even, where you're coming I, I, it's from. Even, it's even worse. It, it's they're, okay. they're, they're, following, so, they're following recipes at the bar rather than, even, well, rather than being even creative with the drinks they're making. They're following so, and, somebody and else's I recipe. Can, and I can tell you that I, don't, I can't speak for the rest of the world, but in the United States, our population has been overserved for far too long. With, with so overserved with, with pharmaceuticals. Absolutely. Yeah, no one disagrees. So if you look at, if you look at the stats of COVID alone, okay, we're mm -hmm. talking about 2 million people, roughly whatever, in 2021 that died from COVID. But... According to the World Health Organization, this past year, 41 million people died worldwide due to diseases. Oh, where'd you go? We didn't do that. Uh -oh. Candace, I don't know where you are. But um, uh, she's not muted. Don't, no, yeah, don't, um, there you are. You, you, oh, there you, she is. Renal you, failure. You went off for a second, but I, I know what you're going to say. Due to diseases. But this is a point we've been making over and over again, that you know, excessive mortality is up, and we're trying to figure out why. And, uh, oh, it, I can tell you why. Well, Are you it, talking about excess mortality? Are you talking about COVID? Or are you talking about worldwide of man-made diseases? And see, that's the thing that I'm blown away about, is that... You know, um, what's the, if you look at 
the man, what do most people suffer from and what are you prescribing drugs for? What would you say? What are the top 10 or top eight diseases? Uh, hypertension. Uh, I mean, the usual stuff, diabetes, heart disease. You can argue okay. that lipid metabolism. And, 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 uh, of course, I've got many, and, many, 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 many other diseases that I'm dealing with, but yeah. Okay. And those are all caused, for the most part, by the way you fuel your organic machine. So you bring it upon yourself. It's so, not something you catch. So, so it's not why, something you catch. why do I have Lynch syndrome? I would have to take your history. Okay. I, I would have to examine you. So it's, it's, and I would have to. What, what, I have a genetic disorder called Lynch syndrome. Okay. Mm. I have MSH6 Lynch. And, well, and I have thalassemia minor. But right. so I get and, it. And I understand so, so that. Mine puts me at risk for various cancers. And yes, I can manage that, help manage that risk with m many of the things you're talking about. But the MSH6 was not caused by anybody. Uh, no, that is something the, that was handed you know down what? to me. You know what? We all have a predisposition. But what causes the switch to be flipped? Mm -hmm. What causes the switch to be flipped? is about what you eat, prescription drugs that you are on, and of course, toxins in the environment. But we all carry a predisposition. So if I even think about type two diabetes, okay? You might have insulin resistance in your family history. Correct. But if you're going to shop incorrectly for food, mm -hmm. prepare food incorrectly, Eat incorrectly, you're going to flip that switch. Absolutely. So no. Am no I argument. right? Yeah, yeah. No argument. Okay. I mean, I mean the so, the MSH six. You know, it, it kind of does its own thing a little bit. But but let, let me let's get back to the the COVID because that's sort of the topic we're mm -hmm. at. So so you you refuse to answer my question why the delivery system matters, and let me answer your question back about vaccine. Why I call things vaccine? I have called anything that is designed to stimulate the immune system, the lymphocytic system, against a particular pathogen, should you be exposed in the future, anything designed to stimulate the immune system, I call that a vaccine. Regardless of what it does in terms of the clinical outcome, totally separate issue. But vaccine to me is, any, and it's been, that's my entire life in science, I've always used that term for vaccine. Anything that stimulates the immune. Now the CDC had a different, um, I know they had a different definition on their website. I didn't ever use their definition. Now they are, you seem to have my definition in there because they got in trouble. But anything that stimulates the immune system, whether it's a sugar cube, a nasal spray, a shot, whatever the delivery system is, against or a, your natural or immunity, against, or, against, or your natural, I'm glad, or your natural immunity. Glad that you you're brought exposed, that up, right? Susan. Susan and I were talking about. Susan has a product, and she has been going off on this lately that we should be doing more uh, on this front. Susan, you want to talk about it? Uh, Dr. Zelenko's uh, new improved. Uh, Z-Stack, which so is... So she is saying that, and I, again, I have a little concern about zinc and whatnot. He but, has a Z-Flu vitamin but now that's vitamin, out. And which it's is vitamin C and vitamin D mostly, is that right? D, uh, quercetin, and zinc. Just okay. a little bit of zinc, not as much as the other products did, mm -hmm. which you seem to like better. And our favorite, uh, what is that, um, elderberry? 
Oh, so well, it's it's got it's sort of okay. a vitamin C type okay. D combination, but they have a new product and it's a little less zinc, so um, it won't ruin your copper metabolism, right? Isn't that right? Could do that. Yes, thank you, thank you. Uh, but uh, so there are it's a little people, lower on the zinc, so but it is still in there. There are ways. There are natural ways to enhance your own metabolism and your own immune function. That, that uh, she is absolutely correct about that. And uh, sometimes these vitamin kinds of therapeutics might, well, uh, supportive agents may have some beneficial value to that. For sure, diet, real food, clean food. My, my frustration is in the diet front, I can't get somebody to do one thing once a day for five minutes, let alone change how they eat. Carbohydrates, <laughs> are, the, carbohydrates are the enemy, everybody. They really are. Uh, Fats are an issue for some people, uh, but you know, food that's real food, food out of the ground, food from animals. Uh, you can argue back and forth about nuances on those issues, but uh, aren't uh, was Candace that I was just talking to? I'm sorry, I had to put her on hold because you of know the sound. when when the pandemic started, mm -hmm. I don't take vitamins typically, but mm -hmm. when the pandemic started, I was taking the zinc and the quercetin mm -hmm. and the D, and I take D every day, but um, and the C. Uh, the C was making my my pee bright red, and I thought I was dying. But um, but it does make you feel better, and it is a lot of vitamins to take at the same time. So that like when he came up with the Z stack, it was like, oh, one pill, great. That that's so much easier. And but I do I stopped taking it, so you know I I like his new product. You ready to go back on it? Okay, good. Yeah, right. I think uh, for sure. D, calcium, really talk to your doctor about Especially this. in the winter months because, you know, you don't get as much sun. You, I'm always in the sun, so I get a lot of D, but I... I you know, like I, was, I work with the Prostate Cancer Foundation, and the one thing one of the uh, researchers told me is the only vitamin that has been shown to uh, be genuinely beneficial for metastatic prostate cancer was vitamin D. It reduced the risk of METs, uh, and that was in a, a yeah, fairly high quality Yeah, and they have proven study. that it, it does fight COVID, so that's good. Well, it's... it's I it, mean, I've seen a lot of articles We know on that it. elevated vitamin D levels associated with overall health and good immune function, so supporting your D is not a bad idea. But you take a lot of different vitamins. Like, I do. And then you take NID, and then you take... I do. I take, take a I take, Oh, people want to know what I take. I, I take nicotinamide. The two that I'm really... I feel very strongly about are nicotinamide riboside, which is an antioxidant and a D-supportive agent. And his hair is turning and dark a, again. And a uh, <laughs> in the back. And acetylcysteine, which is a glutathione pre precursor. These are these are look pretty good in, in the medical literature. Everything else I do, I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether folate and B12 and you know um, uh, what I, I take a couple of nicotinamide. I take the, there's some evidence that reduces the risk of actinic keratosis. We're gonna get you a bottle of Z flu too. All right, we'll get me some of that. But I'm sorry, I've got I've got to keep moving on, guys, because I have like 12, 15 people here want to get up here. So I'm sorry. Uh, let's get Andy up here. Let's give Andy a chance to speak. Andy, hey there. Hi, hi, Doctor Drew. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I wanted to see if you had any thoughts of kind of the erosion of trust that might come from this CDC vote. The one on the childhood immunizations? Yeah. I, I, I don't know how much more erosion there can be. Uh, I'm beginning to think... I'm beginning... That was, to, my, that was my feeling, too. I was just like, uh, yeah. you know, F these people. Like, that's the last straw. It's just like, how, could, how can you really 
Yeah. Yeah. Hang on. I, I somebody tw uh, just put something on the. I'm sorry that I'm distracted on, on the chat here. That okay. I reminded me. He said uh, I take NA NAC, which is you know the one I said I was taking. Resveratrol. I also take DHEA. I take that too. I don't take biotin. Uh, do you take magnesium? Omegas. I take omega. I sometimes take magnesium. Yep, I do. Uh, I mean, we, so anyway. we, we talked to some doctors about that, and they're like, "Take this, take that." Take yeah, this. yeah, I get so confused. I, I, I the, you know, the I, some of the other stuff, I, I'm not so sure it was helping me at all. Uh, but uh, the NA, you know, the nic the um, N-acetylcysteine, I'm convinced that's a little something, something. All right, so um, you know, I'm there. There seems to be such a confluence of extraordinary phenomenon all at once. My gravest concern is that a significant part of this has been incompetence, uh, incompetence at least to the present for the present moment, and uh, the willingness to cave to media, uh, the willingness to do you know uh, run to therapeutics or to treatments or vaccines, however you want to characterize it without having quite the necessary studies and out, without really scrutinizing what's being presented by the pharmaceutical companies, I, I'm worried about this confluence of factors that really poorly serve the world. I, I, as I mentioned earlier, I was talking to this cardiologist from the UK, and he, they had the same exact experience over there, but they have very much some of the same forces at work, uh, that the people that are in these uh, making these decisions are really political, they're politicians. A lot of the great scientists resigned or have left that the the pipeline from the CDC to work at the pharmaceutical companies is uh, a little too cozy. The funding from the drug, drug companies, which I understand happened because we cut back all the funding in the 80s and the we had to fund our research somehow and it came from the private sector, but now it has undue influence. It's too much. We we have this some there's some confluence of factors here, but uh, Andy, my gravest that one of the one of the my my uh, what, what should I say? The, one of the most uncomfortable things I have to conclude that I'm really resisting fully embracing is the idea that that some of these people that I've really looked up to for a long time were really incompetent in their decision making. They've never been clinicians. They don't know how to risk do risk reward analysis. They were responding to factors that they shouldn't even been listening to. So I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I feel like to speak about the, the loss of meaning, I, I kind of feel like that kind of loss of trust has happened for me for the past couple of years in just basically everything, you know, the politicization in media and music and, you know, nutritional advice is just kind of like, the veil has been lifted on so many of those things. And it's like, I don't care about seeing movies anymore. You know, I don't care about the new album that comes out. You know, it's just like, it's, I feel like that feeling of you've been lied to has, has spoiled a lot of meaning for, for me. And so, I'm, I'm not sure if that so, so extends Andy, to other people. Oh, oh, I think you put your finger on it. I, I, I had not connected those dots specifically, but that makes perfect sense to me. So let me, let me drill in just a little more. So in other eras, you might have said, well, let's throw out these guys. Let's get in there. Let's go in and do something. Let's pro do proper research. Let's get things right. Is it that uh, things t seem too ossified or overwhelming to even have that thought? I think it just seems like, yeah, complete 
just powerlessness. Powerlessness. Like how, how, powerlessness. How do you convince? How do you convince a country to to not listen to the CDC after you know? So Andy, the, so your, your whole life has been. I, you I, know, I, I get it. But, so what do we do? Would you have, do you have a recommendation? What would get you excited again? Do you think? I don't know. I mean, I, I think that we're seeing signal. I think this is going to be very interesting because clearly we're seeing a signal just from the adoption of the boosters and the, the low adoption of the childhood vaccines that like, even if people aren't going to come out and say like, I don't think my kid needs this thing, like the numbers are kind of showing that. So and is it, think, is, do you think there's a burnout in all this? We're just tired of all this? And then now where do we go? It's, yeah. it's been so... I'm not sure because it, it's hard to tell like what I'm seeing in my little online bubble. But it's like when you see the numbers, like those adoption numbers yeah. being so low, it's like no, the, the, well, people the, are feeling different than they're, they're, feeling they're different. willing to say. They're feeling different and, and, they're, and they're feeling more that way. <laughs> Whatever that yeah. feeling is, it, it's coming on. You can kind of feel it coming on. And uh, please do uh, not be a stranger here. If you have any more insights, how old are you? If you don't mind me asking. I'm 37. Yeah. So that 25 to 35 zone is what's, I think, really getting the hit the hardest right yeah. now with, with this think, part of this. I think, I think the biggest thing I've realized recently is like, I think a lot of people my age, like a lot of my friends are having their first child at like 40. And, mm -hmm. you know, that sh that age shift, I feel like was one of the biggest lies that I've kind of realized. Lately. What, do, what do you mean? What's, and, the, wait, what's the lie? The lie is? I think now I'm just realizing like, you know, I, I should have thought more about family and settling down earlier in my 30s and, and not, then I wouldn't be feeling like rushed into that now because I, I feel like there's so much in media and, and whatnot and from the left to, you know, just kind of have fun and, you know, be a dog mom, you know, whatever kind of things that well, it's, are it's, kind it, of against the nuclear family and correct and all and, those traditional and, things. And, and I think men particularly have been squashed. That the, yeah. the, 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 the spirit of male and getting things done and uh, you know, that those sorts of, uh, inspirational kinds of masculine qualities are just considered toxic and white supremacy and, and, and e bad, evil, avoided, you know, it, it's, it, right. you're afraid to express anything like that. I would imagine. Do you, does Jordan Peterson have any, any, uh, meaning for you? Anything he's saying? Um, I read his first book, but I've kind of fallen off from hmm. following him too much lately, okay. but. Just curious. I'm, I'm trying to think of things that might uh, get you going, get you engaged again. He always talks about write your story, like really think what your narrative is going to be and then go live it. So right. that, that's one of his insights. All right, Danny, don't be a stranger. Let us know how you do here, okay? All right, thank you. you Have bet. a good one. You bet. We're going to keep taking calls. I'm going to keep watching you guys on Restream, but we're going to take a little break first. Be right back. Consumer price index yet again going up. Stock market in turmoil. What's our government doing to quell the surge of inflation that is gutting american families oh yeah they're spending more money and adding to the burden don't bury your head in the sand while your savings get decimated it's time to do something about this visit birchgold.com slash true now i don't give investment advice but you can visit birchgold b-i-r-c-h gold.com slash true birchgold will send you a free info kit on protecting your savings with gold in a tax sheltered account great people with almost 20 years of experience converting iras and 401ks into precious metals, IRAs. 
Don't let your savings lose value. Visit birchgold.com slash true and claim your free no obligation info kit from Birch Gold. You can own physical gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account, and Birch Gold will help you do it. Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers. Check them out now. Visit birchgold.com slash Drew and secure your future with gold. Do it now. For a long time, I've been talking about the holy grail of skincare, Genucel, and the amazing results that both Susan and I have seen. I'm a big fan of Genucel's Silky Smooth XV, it's a moisturizer soaked right into my skin instantly, and with its immediate effects, I saw fine lines and wrinkles visibly disappear within 12 hours. Susan loves Genucel's vitamin C serum, infused with the purest vitamin C, absorbs to the deepest layer of the skin thanks to Genucel's proprietary skincare technology. I am a snob when it comes to using products on my face. The dermatologist makes a ton of money from me, but when I was introduced to Genucel, I was so happy because... It's so affordable and it works great. I was introduced to the Ultra Retinol Cream, which I love at night. All the eye creams are amazing. People notice my skin all the time and I'm so excited because it's actually working. And right now, Genucel has bundled my favorite products and Susan's for you to try today for up to 60% off retail pricing. That's right, save up to 60% on my favorite Genucel products today. Just go to genucel.com Drew to see what's in our bundles and receive an extra 10% off at checkout when you enroll in their personal concierge at checkout. That again is genucel.com slash Drew, G-E-N-U-C-E-L.com slash D-R-E-W. The parallel economy has empowered us to care for our health, well-being, as well as longevity. Likewise for us pet parents who now have a place to go when it comes to keeping the family dogs, cats, even horses in the best shape possible. As a dog dad, I'm thrilled to be working with Pet Club 24-7, a company founded by two guys who lost dogs to serious conditions, including cancer. Pet Club 24-7 has an incredible array of products, including a line of supplements for humans, such as the Inforce Plus Corollius Versicolor and Inforce Corollius Versicolor with Reishi. My friend and colleague, Christina Ferrari, a cancer survivor herself, swears by it. When I was diagnosed, the doctor in the emergency room told me, you have two years to live. Oh, boy. Along with the stem cell, I took these. I have been in remission for eight years now. For dogs, mush puppy treats are a fan favorite. Rex, oh, boy. <laughs> he came right. Oh, there he is. They are also made with the Coriolis Versicolor Mushroom, which supports their immune system, according to hundreds of clinical studies. Here's Kristen Ludlow, National Vice President. That strain does matter. We do have the most potent strain, and we also extract it in a proprietary way. And that's why we've been having such wonderful experiences with these products. Mush puppies are made here in the U.S. There are no fillers. It's not addicting. Your dog can't accidentally overdose. Go to drdrew.com slash petclub247 for discount off the list price. That is drdrew.com. P-E-T-C-L-U-B-247, Pet Club 247. We're back. Uh, somebody was just uh, rumble ranting about Liz Truss, and Susan and I retweeted uh, a tweet today because uh, Anthony Scaramucci said she lasted 4.5 Scaramucci's. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty funny. Pretty funny. And uh, Scaramucci is going to be on a reality show with me in January yes. where we go to the Wadi Rum Desert and are recruits for uh, Navy SEALs, believe they it or not. They are bonded brothers. We are indeed. I never never thought I could say that, but here I can. So um, yeah. I just want to talk about my Genucel package. Okay, go ahead. Um, if you get my package, which is 50% off, it comes with the 
gen- oh, wrong one. Sorry. Comes with a Genucel dark circle treatment, which I love because I have a little scar under my eye and it gets rid of the hyaluronic acid serum, which has a little bit of lactic acid in it. I can't say it, but it's in there. The DFS, which is the, um, it's the citrus, uh, serum. It's a, uh, vitamin C serum, which is really good for tightening your skin and um, the retinol cream. And then Drew's is a little bit different because he uh, uses the uh, immediate effects too, uh, cream and the also the Genucel XV. So, you know, go in, look at our packages, get the discounts and test it out because you're going to like it. So uh, thanks, Susan. Um, I wonder if you on Restream can help me with something. So Russ says, Drew, you have an attitude of authoritarian. And that's true. I, what? What does that mean? What does that <laughs> I'm just mean? Kidding. But what does that mean? I mean, I am I an like authority. I've practiced medicine for 40 years. Um, does me helping Andy come off as a, I, help me understand what that is. I, I don't It's under- not really authoritarian. You just have a you have a a breadth of of information. You know, you you know a lot. So just by talking, I'm authoritarian. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't like his teacher, whatever. Right. Or his dad. Okay. All right. Well, let me know what that is. I know. He isn't really authoritarian around here, honestly. I'd like to know what that is even. I don't understand what that means. How somebody who is an authority in a certain area tells you about it, I I don't understand. I know you're kind of a devil's advocate. What does that mean? Like if I say something, you have to always say the opposite. There has been a time in our life. You don't do it as much anymore, but you always try to think of all the reasons why it wouldn't happen because you're doing, you're, you're trying to count out all the things that could be against whatever my theory is. And then usually you're wrong. (laughs) That's just called conversation. That's just called being in conversation, right? That's just saying, oh, that's a good idea. Hmm, have you ever thought about this? And then I go, no, just and, listen and to me. I understand. That's, <laughs> that's not a conversation. That's a monologue. Uh, yeah. So, but Barsh- I get it. Why it might, Authoritarian may be a little strong. Uh, Here's the definition, yeah, Drew. And Emily Barsh says authoritative. Favoring complete to- obedience yeah, or subject uh, subjection to authority. Yeah, that, in fact, I am the opposite <laughs> i am the opposite yeah. i do not understand how governors felt okay locking down their citizens i i spoke to a governor from one of the midwestern or northern plain type states and he was saying how oh, this isn't why i became governor to tell people what to do and how to live their life and i related so strongly and when i saw so many of these governors gleefully telling everybody to shelter in place i i i literally can't get it in my head i cannot understand what that is so by that definition, I am actually the opposite. And that's so. exactly the point. That does not make you an authoritarian, Drew. It makes you the opposite of, of an authoritarian. Like I, I, you know, I know, it, it must be something. You have the authority and the experience well, to make those calls. No, that's why it's confusing to me. That's why it's, that's why it's confusing to me. But if I'm doing something to, to come off that way, I should know it. So that's why I'm kind just of. Just a smart ass, that's all. Just a troll. I, I, I'm not even sure I understand. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I have a bunch of smart asses around. All right, let's me. get some calls up here. Uh, let's bring Anti Mare. Oh, en français. Are we going to talk French? Meredith? Si nous parlions. You got to unmute yourself. You just muted, muted yourself. Unmuted. There, there you are. Come on, uh, sorry, I got very quiet there for a second. There you are. What's happening? 
Um, still very quiet. Um, so just kind of wanted just a couple of things. Oh, a, so I moved from Chicago to California, Orange County in 1990. Mm-hmm. So Iraq was my jam until I moved back to Chicago in 2009. Uh-huh. So I would, I would commute from Corona to Costa Mesa and love line was my, was my ah, thing. Right. And you, but at least you were in California during the glory days. You, you left just in time before, before it turned into a, a crap hole. But here we are. A, a shit show. A shit show. Totally. A shit show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I kind of want to go back to the joy thing. Yeah. Um, please. So I have a couple of friends who I kind of joined into a, a text group uh, representing all different times of my life, like grade school, high school, uh, college, and professional. And I kind of brought us all together because they were texting me individually about like, am I crazy? Like, I, I can't figure this out. What's going on during the pandemic? And right. slowly each of us revealed um, kind of what got us through it was, was God mm. or a spirituality, like really coming to the conclusion that I am not the most powerful thing in the universe, regardless of what you want to call it. Um, but I, I am not the nexus. Like there is, there is something more powerful than me in this universe. Yes. Because otherwise I wouldn't be able to deal with the evil that I am seeing. Mm. And do, do you, do you sort of grapple with something they used to call theodicy? You know, what, what could the meaning be of all this evil? Yes. I, I think the, the pandemic opened my eyes to the willingness of governments to allow collateral damage mm-hmm. on such a large scale. And that was a very tough pill for me to swallow. Me too. Yeah. But then I just, I was listening to uh, Lex, uh, crap, what's his last name? I'm blank. He has a podcast. And this, the guy who was interviewing was just said, you know, in the 20th century, uh, the ability of centralized governments to harm their citizens was sort of on a scale never imagined. So we Lex can do Friedman. it. Governments can do it. What is it? Lex, Lex, Lex Friedman. Friedman. Or Lex Friedman. Friedman. Yeah. Um, uh, it, it's, it's always been that way. And I think you, to your point about having a difficulty getting it through your head that an American system can do that. Usually when it happens, it's when it becomes too centralized and maybe we've become overly centralized and we really should be, more states right oriented do you think that's a possibility agreed Mm. uh very much so Mm -hmm. and but like i said it was just it was just the willingness of our government yeah like denying ivermectin the whole you know emergency youth authorization use authorization even though there were there were there were treatments that could work and they ignored that and they silenced it you, they, you, you must not have been listening to too many of the interviews I've been doing, but I've been interviewing all the people that have been silenced to try to put the pieces together. And uh, it's rather extraordinary when you, when you hear what had actually happened. And, uh, you know, I, I've not taken a, a position on the early treatment stuff. In fact, we've avoided talking about it because YouTube will deplatform us if we do. Um, and, but I haven't needed to. <laughs> I haven't needed to talk about that because what, you've, what we've found is they invented things out of whole cloth, they were self-righteous and incompetent and made decisions that uh, begged no alternative and could not change position or turn back or take a risk-reward analysis and, and crushed all dissent. 
It was, it's wild what went on. But I think the, we can at least talk about it now. And I feel like people are beginning to wake up to what happened and, and they don't, they don't like it. They, much like you. Now, Meredith, my question is though, if it is a spiritual problem, how do we solve it? Uh, that's a really tough one. Cause I, I feel like, and again, I don't, I don't want to sound like a kooky, crazy, like, you know, crazy person. This is where I'm coming to. And this is how I'm able to remain grounded and stable. Mm. Um, and so I really feel like we're kind of coming to this place of like truly a good versus evil in our society. I mean, how else can you explain what people are doing to our children? Well, it's interesting to me that that I'm having trouble telling who the good guys and the bad guys are anymore. It seems like the 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 excesses everywhere are the problem. That when people take extreme positions, whichever direction, that's how we get into trouble. And uh, and it's then hubris around those positions that are particularly concerning. So I my 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 based on what you're saying, my suggestion would be to remain humble. That's good advice, right, Meredith? Absolutely. All right, so humility, number one, that we don't, you know, we don't know what the big plan is, and we don't know what we don't know, and we, you know, don't don't get carried away with one opinion or another. So stay humble. And the other is to um, re-entrench in important relationships, which is what you did, which I find so fascinating. You took all these relationships across your lifespan and you rekindled them. And uh, there's something in that. I, I've seen a lot of that happening lately. A lot of that. Well, cause I just, I just feel like, I mean, all these friends are reaching out to me and they're like, I'm so lost. Mm -hmm. Like, am I crazy? Like, and so I'm like, I just kept adding them mm -hmm. one at a time as they were reaching out to me. And I'm like, Oh, you know what? Let me, let me add you to my little support group. How, how many did you, did you end up with just out of curiosity? Uh, I, there are five of us. So okay. I added four people. And do they feel less crazy? They do. Yeah, absolutely. And Good. so two are in the Chicago area and two are from California. And I feel, I was feeling crazy too. I was really, I, and I, I'm still, unfortunately the way my, uh, the way my de internal defense strategies work, I, I experience confusion before I experience anger or rage. So I'm still, I'm confused about a lot of things. Uh, but that confusion is is becoming less broad. I'm starting to understand things. But one of the things I saw early uh, was the the centralization. I, I think we got to fight against that. That over centralized governments have an uncanny ability to to do harm. They just do. One hundred percent. All right, Meredith. Thank yes. you so much. Thank Appreciate you. It. You bet. You have a super chat. Uh, not only that, Susan, I saw somebody saying that Dr. John Campbell's on fire right now. Oh, really? Let, let Are we the, competing with him right now? No, no, no. Uh, he says he stares into the camera. <laughs> so important. <laughs> it's so important. He has been on fire lately, guys. You should watch the last three or four of them. He has been, he has been very concerned. And I, I, it's interesting. This cardiologist I spoke to from the UK, um, was was mentioning many of the things that he has been bringing up in his uh, in his uh, quick streams. Susan, what is the super chat? It's from my tube. Okay, can you see it? Nope. Go ahead, read it. What are you seeing with cannabis addictions, schizophrenic reactions, psychosis type symptoms? Well, Funny you should say that. It happened to me twenty years ago, but yep. the doctors thought I was a bipolar. Right. Heard it's more common now. Insight. 
you you are 100% common. Uh, I, excuse me, I'm 100% Both correct. of my kids have had it. Yeah, so it is it is exceedingly common. It's it, the what we're seeing is multiple things that we really only saw unusually before. So addiction used to be really quite uncommon. It happened, but I, only people like me would see it. Now it is common. If you are dabbing, if you are using these ultra, you know, concentrated versions of weed that's out there, take a look at it. You will have withdrawal. The withdrawal is substantial. People yeah. are developing hypomania and psychotic symptoms. They get very grandiose. They get kind of delusional. Then uh, they can sometimes, I just, Susan, you had dinner next to a kid that had a frank psychosis, remember? Right. So we were talking. sober though. We were yeah. at a retreat. We were at a, a presentation on Let's drug addiction. Retreat. Yeah, in uh, Florida. And the, the, the dinner, the chair next to Susan was this young kid that regaled her. But with I think like, Kids think that, or people, not just kids, think that pot's okay, and then they just okay. keep using and using, and then at a certain point, it, it's a breaking point, right? Not not only that, it it has a really rapid onset anisognosia, so it blocks the insight into what it's doing to you. So you may start having trouble where you're not functioning as effectively as you used to, and you will not be aware of it because you'll feel inflated and big and sort of bigger than life because of the weed. Also. Cannabis hyperemesis, exceedingly common. If you know somebody who's vomiting and hasn't been explained, ask if they're smoking a lot of weed. It is every time. And I've seen these people getting multi-million dollar workups and no one asks them, are you smoking pot or smoking weed? So hyperemesis, like addiction, what's that? Also Susan, because so, water, many, so many people recommend marijuana for nausea well, that's for those the, symptoms. So that you right. might just make it worse well, and it worse. Well, it does work. And uh, look- and a lot of people, right, that's very true, Caleb. And a lot of people use this drug without any trouble. I'm not saying that it's a bad drug. There's no such thing as a bad drug, in my humble opinion. But there are problems, and we need to be realistic about it. And the fact that we can't have realistic conversation is what bothers me. So, you know, we're going to probably, you know, most states have legalized it now. And the, the discussion that has been had over the years that, oh, my God, it's not nearly as bad as alcohol. Correct. It's not nearly as bad as tobacco. Correct. But now we're going to bring another chemical into that lineup. We're going to have a third. It's going to be owned by Big Tobacco, everybody. They're the ones that are going to take over. They've been rapidly taking the product over. Sorry, I'm having a weird allergic reaction. You get psychosis <laughs> from cigarettes? <laughs> no, but you get lung. You get other things. Yeah. I mean, these are we're going to have a trilogy. We're going to have pot. We're going to have weed, alcohol, it and, also and tobacco. It stays in your system when you're trying to get off of it. Like, it's really, it, it stays a, in your fat cells. It takes and, a while. Mm, but it doesn't, it doesn't affect you in the fat cells. You, you, look, I go out of my way to be exquisitely accurate with this drug. Now, everything I'm telling you is 100% accurate. I've seen a lot of it. I've been practicing addiction medicine since 1991. So I'm, what is that, 30 plus years? I've seen it all. And I've seen what this drug has done over time. And it's super, super clear what's happening. And yes, alcohol in terms of impact on uh, days of work lost, it's a carcinogen. It's the only drug that is commonly fatal in withdrawal. It is you know, has more per capita effect than any other drug. Car accidents, it's alcohol. Boy, yeah. that's the king. Alcohol is the king of adverse health effect. Tobacco was close behind in its own little way. We're doing better with that now. And again, we're going to add a third in here. And uh, well, just as long as we can talk rationally about it and deal with it, I I'll be fine with it. I mean, if it. you have a little bit here and there or whatever, but if you're waking up and having a bong hit for breakfast, you right. might end up kind you of stoned might, by nighttime. You might want to look into it. You might. That's all I'm saying. And okay. you might get a little psychotic. Mm -hmm. 
particularly with the potent, super potent stuff. Yeah, it's it's more potent. I couldn't believe when I went to New York and there was a pot truck right in front of our building in the Upper West Side. And I was like, why don't we have a martini truck there too? <laughs> because that's bad. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I mean, look at this. Everybody Drew, this... at the AT&T was sitting there. We were all like, yeah, that would be better. <laughs> we all decided. Uh, look, I saw you, this you guys, everyone wants, yeah. So I am not the buzzkill guy. I am not interested, <laughs> really. They can sell cannabis wherever they want to. I, I don't have a problem with it. I really don't. As long as you'll listen to me when I tell you what it you know what the deleterious effects are and what you got to worry well, about. Well, there were and... these guys like sitting in a car, like just on the corner, kind of car was kind of catty corner, like on 95th. There's not a lot of room there, and they were all just laying there, like like dead in the eyes. I think they were all really wasted. Sure, and, uh, and they weren't. Yeah, it was and, weird. And look, in been California, in effectively all drugs are legal. Effectively, everything is legal here. And you see what happens on the streets because of legalization. I mean, that's what happens. And so, you know, I, I, I don't like that happening to people. That's kind of sad, but I, I don't make the laws. So let me... Uh, I mean, New York had a tough time during COVID, so I guess that's a good way to eliminate the anxiety and uh, getting high and whatever. Oh, my God, Susan. <laughs> this is Jay Fro. Stop. This is Jenny. Jenny, stop, stop, <laughs> Susan, now. Hi, Jenny. Hi. <laughs> Hi, Dr. Drew. Hi, um, Caleb and um, Susan. And Susan. Yeah. Talkie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, actually, that last uh, super chat question was really informative. Um, my daughter got off, um, what do you call it? I think you referred to it. It's one of the, um, they're super concentrated. Oh, dabs. The dabs, the dabs yes. The, the yeah. shatter. Yeah. Shatter. Yeah. yeah. And it oh, was like, I was on the phone with her every night for nights because she was having insomnia and, oh, it was just Aww. awful to get off of that stuff. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. But she's she had her um, one-year anniversary of being clean last month. Oh, right. congratulations. congratulations. Yeah, our daughter's in the program too. Same thing. Same exact thing. She's in her, she's, she's like. 10 months now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost December, it'll be a yeah. full year. Crazy. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so that wasn't my question, but my question was actually, um, I was listening to the, um, the, the stream with Dr. Prasad mm. um, yesterday and I, I had to, I had to leave halfway <laughs> through it. Mm-hmm. I'm going to finish it, but he did touch on something and I'm, I'm really curious what your opinion is on it. And it's, mm-hmm. he mentioned that the national health professionals sharing this, what if data, like what if we didn't do anything? What if there was no vaccines? Here's how many deaths we would have. How is it that they're like <laughs> they're blocking scientists and professionals and professors from like saying like just simple questions about what's actually happening? I yet know. they're allowed to spread. I know. What if data that like didn't happen wouldn't wouldn't have happened? Like it just why yeah. is that being why is uh, that not being talked I, about I, more? It's really hard to understand. It's it's really I it's a I, I don't get it. I don't I I don't even understand the impulse to push that material. Like what why do you want to scare people and bully them and force them? Let them and their doctors decide what they're gonna do. You you should not be involved. 
Why, why are okay. we doing this? I, I, it's very weird, very concerning to me. I, I do think people are waking up and are starting to think for themselves and are realizing they've been had, not had, they've been, they've been manipulated. They've been manipulated with, through the use of fear and panic. And now they want more information and, and they should get it. Prasad is really good. He, he, um, he's he, great. Yeah, he's excellent. And he, he was really taking on, I thought one of the things he said that was different than other people was taking on the excess death uh, sort of data. So, you know, mm -hmm. we talked to uh, Ed Dowd, who was very hot on that data. And, and Vinay had a very interesting sort of insight, which is uh, the, the, the expected death is already a model that we can't rely on. So how do we- That's how, a medical we, point of view too. Yeah, well, I, but I get it. His he's, point is well said. What, what a lot of the excess death is based on is that following pandemics, nearly always deaths go down for a while but no one's ever locked the world down before so we don't know what that's going to do to the death rate i know so i can't wait to see 10 years from now how we're looking back at this god it's, i hope your mouth to god's ears won't be I, kind. I, I hope so i, I hope it's yeah. not kind it should not be kind to this. i knew it i knew it before what did you what did that you know it would not be kind and what, it's not even ago? historical yet when did you know that i've said it like 14 times and i, I was like history high. would not be kind on what we're doing like and we'll we'll look back and go holy crap that was not a good idea i would just like to just say one one more thing mm -hmm. and and I'm, I'm curious if you've thought about this as well i would love to see the correlation between people who had like myocarditis or like other kind of health outcomes from taking the vaccine mm -hmm. and those who didn't have family doctors People who didn't who have had no some, access to exactly healthcare. who yeah. uh, who didn't have an ongoing you know um, uh, family doctor who knew their yeah. like conditions. Yeah, there there is. I I think you can extrapolate to something like that when you look at the data on people in underserved communities because they they almost never have a primary caretaker and they definitely did worse. They definitely did worse. Now, I don't know if they did worse with the vaccine or not, but they've generally been doing worse throughout this pandemic in all respects. So okay. uh, worth looking at. I'll take a look at that. Thank you. Thanks very much. You bet. And, and what does that say, Susan? Another super chat. Mm -hmm. Thank you. I think it's my tube. Uh, thank you. You and Adam made me feel less alone when I was in the thick of it. Silver lining. I'm now a practicing Buddhist and much better for it. Wow. I think he means during the pandemic. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. Very I interesting. I'm not sure if it's a male or a female. It's, it, it, I'm well, not sure. But thank you. Thank we appreciate the super chats. We will shout out to you. And here is Dirk. We're going to get Dirk up here. I'm trying to get to everybody. I know I'm not going to make it, but I'm trying. Dirk. Susan, don't you have an appointment you got to run out to? No, I got pushed. It's okay. okay. I'll okay. go. I'm, I can stay. Okay. We're waiting for Dirk to unmute Our himself. daughter is still uh, doing. Hi. Hey. Hi, Dr. Drew. Hey, man. How's it going with you today, sir? Pretty good. Pretty, pretty good to quote uh, David. Uh, oh man, what's his? I, my, my, you know, I have diverticulitis right now, and it is. I am always antibiotics, and it is affecting my brain for sure. Oh, shut up! It You're is. Just old. Well, you know, Doctor, I'm yeah. one of your biggest fans, sir, because <laughs> Thanks, you, you're. Um, I watched you on Loveline on MTV. Very great show, and um, I always like listening to you, sir. Thank you, buddy. The Loveland MTV was a lot of fun. That was a yeah, that was an interesting thing to be a part of, and uh, uh, it's hard for people to understand what how different things were back then. Oh, uh, definitely. Yeah. Uh, I got two questions for you. Yeah. One is where do you see this election, and who do you think will win? And my second thing is, do you see us pretty much over with the pandemic, or do you think it's going to continue? 
So, so by this election, which particular election are you talking about? Uh, the uh, midterms. What do you think? I, I don't. I don't. I don't know. I you know. It, it's. I just look at the polls like everybody else. I I worry about my friend Mehmet Oz. I hope he succeeds. He's yeah. a, he's a really competent person. I know he's a, his, where his heart's at. He would be amazing on behalf of the Pennsylvania people and oh, the, and the I'm federal. <laughs> so that's one I think about. Um, I any of the ones other ones around here we're thinking. I want about? Gavin Newsom to be gone. Whatever, that's not going to happen. And um, oh, come on, everybody, vote Republican. <laughs> well, I, I though there are no nobody's. Or there oh, else. It's I do Democrat. worry about the the city, the the city of Los Angeles, because I I just am afraid Karen Bass be more of the same. Ugh. Um. So, but that that's that's about all my thoughts Kamala's right now. Her. Well, be that as it may, but um, we can't vote for that. Unfortunately, we're in Pasadena, so. Dirk, was the other thing you asked about the uh, uh, about the pandemic? Do you well, see this? Over. About so I, I earlier on, if you've been listening to the stream, I was saying avoid hubris. Don't don't be sh too sure of yourself. So one of my lessons in this is to always respect the virus. That this virus could come back at us hard in some way that we don't anticipate. It could. Mm -hmm. Do I expect it? I do not. I do not expect it. Do I think it's over? I do not. I think that it's endemic and it's going to be around and causing nuisances for a long time, but that we've got to get much more rational in our relationship with the virus and our deployment of vaccines and our use of therapeutics. Much more evidence-based. That's all I'm looking for here. Uh, let's talk about to Lisa here, see what she wants to say. Thank you, Dirk. And Lisa, you're muted, so if you unmute that mic. Boy, I still have 12 requests. I'm trying Somebody to Somebody said, Susan, wow. I'm there. I'm here. Hello. Hello. One second. Yeah, that's, sorry, one second, Lisa. That's more, that's not me. That's Susan. <laughs> I am the independent guy. Uh, I, no, I, am, I just want I'm Gavin out all at all costs. I don't care who you, just vote for whoever he's Lisa, go ahead. Oh, I'm, I just was... I'm kind of changing the subject here. I'm getting a shingle shot next week. Yeah. A second Hi. shot. And I have, that's my daughter. <laughs> and uh, I'm, well, it's already in me, but I mean, what are your thoughts about, I'm 55 now and I just want to know if I'm doing the right thing. Oh, 100%. Are uh, we are good. good. Uh, 100% <laughs> is the right thing. Uh, I've had it. Uh, it's a nasty vaccine. You said you did take it? How did you feel after the I, first one? Because I need one and I keep putting it off. Yeah, I keep telling her to get it. I'm I heard a lot of bad things. I right. heard a lot of bad things and I was really scared. And you know how you kind of hype yourself up and go, oh, but I was fine. Okay. Oh. I Good. think I had more of a sore arm after the COVID shot. But really? Just, yeah. Yeah, I took the Johnson Johnson COVID. And I had a significantly worse reaction to that than I did to the shingles vaccine. Even though oh, I did, wow. I did, I did, here, did not like the shingles I'm sorry, vaccine. And I, oh, there's I my just eye. heard <laughs> Second one can be worse, though, so now I'm worried. It but can I, I be, mean, but it, not I guess everybody very. It can okay. be, but not what, always. What are the symptoms? What could I mean? Just kind of like a flu shot, just kind of a sore arm, and maybe. No, it's it's a malaise, uh -oh. like weakness and malaise. Oh. And a, yeah, just look. How I feel every day. I never would notice it. <laughs> wow. Wow. <laughs> okay, so I, I'm glad I did the right thing because my sister, she had shingles. A, few years back and she said it's uh, yeah you do so, I mean, the you be worth do it. not want shingles trust no, me do, do it is terrible good for you for getting it at 55 because yeah. i've been putting it off for seven years yeah yeah and i mean that's it then i won't ever have to do it again or is this a one-time thing it's for a, shingles? we think it's a one-time or it seems to be a one-timer 
as far as we know. But it's, okay, but it's well, a two-part so two vaccine, right? You got to take both parts. Right. Well, here, well, yeah. that I'm glad that you brought that up before yeah. I hang up. I'm, I know I'm reacting away here, but I did take it in January. And I think they said, is it, I, I mean, it's not too far out, is it? It's already October. Yes, it's too far out. You might have to repeat. repeat. Let me double check. Oh, really? Let me look it up. Let's look it up. Is it six? I thought I heard six months. And I, for some reason, the summer went by so quick. And I was like, oh, oh no. I mean, the doctor would have told me, right? Well, oh, great. I know. Hold on. Let me see if you can oh, still I'm do it. Oh, I'm glad that I brought that up. Yeah, I'm glad you did too. Human uh, Six months. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So I'm past that mark? Does it matter? If you well, were my patient, if you were my patient, I would yeah. I would look it up. I would I'm not doing an extensive little research right now. I'm just kind of glancing okay. at stuff. I would look through the literature more carefully, which yeah. I, which I have not done uh, because no one has asked me this question. I'm looking here, um, but in all probability, I would tell you to get the whole series over again. Oh my goodness! No. You're kidding. Mm -mm. Mm -mm. <laughs> Well, I'm so happy that I brought yeah. that because I kept, you know how you're like, oh, I've got to make that appointment. I've got to make that appointment. And yeah, I mean, if it was more important, years. I would. <laughs> yeah, you got to get that in there, though. So now you know, too. But oh, so even, well, well let me that say, would only be, well, let me say, I should have um, did it in August. No, August well, you should have been in, eight months. In June. Yeah. At the latest. Oh, at the latest. Yeah. I usually tell patients three months. Um, really? Yeah, because they forget for exactly oh, what happened. Oh, so they to remember Lisa. to make the appointment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, he found Wait, something. I'm wrong. I am wrong. It Yay. sounds good. It sounds good. What should I do? The doctor called me and said, "Hey, you gotta get." Well, then I suppose they don't do that with everybody. Here, here is it is. What should I do if a patient waits? This is for the doctors. What should I do if a patient waits longer than six months to get the second dose? You should give the second dose as soon as possible. You do not need to restart the series. So there you go. Oh, so they, well, they didn't tell me. They told me to wait six months. Now that isn't that you know well, what you I mean? Know, it's, 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 I don't want to. Okay, you don't have to do it again. Three to six, but but here it is. On this yeah. is the, I think this is the CDC. Was whose website am I on? I'm on the. Well, CDC. I mean, I'm out ten months now. Everybody loves the CDC. No, but they're saying you don't need to look. They're there. This is the CDC. I I think okay. for me, I might make you do the whole thing again. I might. Um, oh, true. But but yeah. uh, but here's the CDC saying you don't have. Well, I to. don't want to get shingles. I mean, whatever. I, know, I mean, I know. I, I guess I could ask my doctor too. Yeah, ask your Obviously. doctor. CDC says just take that second vaccine as fast as possible. Okay. Okay. Well, so I'm gonna. Least, so do it's that. This Wednesday. Yeah, and uh, and you know, call your doctor and ask. Make sure that he or she agrees with that, and off you go. Well, that's what I said today because I I made the appointment today, and she said, "How's Wednesday?" And I said, and I told her exactly, but this was the person taking the. Yeah. Yeah. Just make sure that the information gets to your doctor and that he or she's cool with that. Otherwise, you really think, Doctor Drew, that I probably have to do the whole thing again? No, no, I'm not now. saying that. I'm not. I did not say that. I did not. Be very careful. You got to listen. <laughs> I mean, no, big deal. Oh, no, no. I, my, I choose my words very, very carefully. Yeah. Yes. No, I understand. So what I'm saying is, you need to get the vaccine as soon as possible if your doctor right, agrees. Which I'll be done. That's what okay. I'm saying. I also said, if I were taking care of you, we would sit down and go, hmm. Oh, God. How much do you really not want to get shingles? And let's call, <laughs> and, and we would probably call the pharmacist together and go, what do you guys recommend? Do you think we should restart okay. this? We, we would think about doing the whole series again. And my bet would be you and I working together would end up taking that series again. But that is not the recommendation. And you should follow whatever your doctor says. Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. And now before I hang up, Usually I hang up and go, oh, I should have asked him this, but it was coming to mind. 
I don't want to do a double whammy and do a flu shot the same day. Don't right? do not no. don't do that. No, it, never it, do I, that. I think I think no. I have done. I think I did that one of the things. If I, I remember right, I, I did it, it, but I, but don't do it. Just spread them no. out. There's no point. Think, how long do you think I should spread that out? I mean, even it depends <laughs> how miserable you are with the shingles. I mean, a, a week, a week or two is fine. Okay. 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 Well, thank you guys right. for your help. I right. appreciate that. You bet. See you. Have a good one. All thank right. you. Bye bye. Okay. Uh, everything cool, Susan? You're good still. Yeah. Oh yeah. We're gonna wrap up soon, guys. I'm trying to get to all all this I mean, stuff here. Still this so is, many people uh, on the line. <laughs> I know. I feel guilty. Winston, we're going to get you up here. Hey, what's happening, Dr. Drew? Um, just kind of wanted to uh, to bring up kind of what's going on as I see it. Um, see if I can shed some light onto the CDC decision today. Please. So, again, now this is as I understand it, but what this all boils down to is the 1986 Vaccine Childhood Injury Act. So, basically, what had happened in the, uh, in the early 80s, you'd kind of even mentioned it earlier about funding and whatnot, Vaccine manufacturers were just getting hammered with lawsuits, yes, yes. Um, be it from real or, or not real. Right. Injuries were happening, and they said, you know what? All right, screw it. We're not going to make vaccines anymore. Right. Right. Washington immediately pulled the handbrake. I think it was the uh, the, the DPT vaccine. Mm -hmm. But at any rate, they, they put through that the, the act in 1986, and what it did is basically created the no-fault system for vaccine manufacturers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Gave us the VAERS system and then also the vaccine injury court. So if you get a flu shot, you get injured, you don't sue the manufacturer, it goes to this court, which is a federal court. Yeah. And now this basically, again, now this is just as I understand it, but what it does is once they get a vaccine onto the childhood recommended schedule is when they fall under this umbrella. Now, that's for adult or childhood vaccines. So oh, this is I didn't always... know it was adult also. That makes sense, yes. Exactly, okay. exactly. And I think that's been kind of the fly in the ointment, and I, I've edited it out through the uh, the bill itself. And um, So why don't they go for just adult approval? Why do they have to have... Because <laughs> in order to get this... In order to get the protection, they have to be on the childhood schedule. Uh, not on the; they can't be on the adult schedule alone and get the same exactly. protection. Exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. They the whole bill, yeah. the eighty six bill was was based and predicated on well, you yeah. know, save the children, save the children. Okay, got it. And yeah, no, I knew that was the, what was moving things in that direction. It was quite clear that was happening. It was well, very. Well, and here's go ahead. Here's the thing that that, that really kind of like kind of gets me on it. You know, you've. I, I tend to really lean on Hanlon's razor. You know, don't blame nefariousness where you can blame incompetence and, you know, the mismanagement of this whole thing top to bottom. But when I see something like this that has always kind of been the end game and it's been so methodical in its approach to it, mm -hmm. it just it gets that kind of conspiracy hackles up and it's like some people have been moving the ball this way, allowing for everyone else to fall for the, whether it be the appeal to uh, authority fallacy kind of left and right. Mm -hmm. And this has been their end state. So to most... Oh, oops, sorry. Go. Gosh darn it. Sorry, go finish. Winston, I, I really missed. struggle. I've tried to steal man it in every way that I can. And what, what's the name of the razor? Hamlin's razor. Ham you heard of Occam's razor? Oh, yeah. But Hamlin's, yeah. it's the law, the law of parsimony versus the law of, what we call this one? Yeah, Hamlin's razor is don't blame nefariousness where you can blame incompetence. God knows this pandemic has been a grotesque example of that law. We have opened up a vein with that razor. In many <laughs> How do you spell his name? Law of Hamlin? Hamlin. H-A-N-L-O-N. Hamlin. Okay. I'm N so glad to know that. H-A-N. H-A-N. Hanlon. Hanlon. 
Yep. Jeez. L-O-N. Boy, but, I've um, never I've never felt more strongly about a law than that one. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> Again, I try to use Occam's razor for most things, but I always keep that one in my back pocket yeah, because it definitely it, cuts through. It, it certainly has been, uh, even though I agree with you, there has been sort of a an uncanny march on this one. It's been it's been nonstop and it's always been the end state but now when i read the bill mm. this is something that's very interesting to me so it, t- it talks about payouts and <clears throat> in the bill i've actually got it here in front of me it says um so this was um additional remedies provides that no vaccine manufacturer shall be liable in civil action damaging arising from vaccine related injury or death unless you know resulting from unavoidable side effects solely due to the manufacturer's failure to provide direct warnings, provide that the manufacturer may be, liable, may be held liable there, or such manufacturer engaged in fraudulent or intentional withholding of information. Mm. Such manufacturer failed to exercise due care, permits punitive damage against them. So basically, if you can prove fraud, which, again, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a lawyer, I am in fact an idiot, but as I read that... <laughs> Looking at all the data that I've gone through on this again, from a through the aperture of a moron, like it's there's some very fishy stuff there to where I imagine that if they will be able to prove fraud, that will open them up for everything. I, 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 that gives me inspiration on one hand, also the withholding that withholding of warning, withholding, yeah, withholding of warning also is, is really, I, I, I bet you could find a smoking gun on that one, and um. Yeah, I think, um, and by the way, you calling yourself a dummy, that's an uh, imposter effect, uh, <laughs> which is which is always the smart people that claim themselves to be dumb and the dumb people, are, it's it's the opposite of Dunning-Kruger. Dunning-Kruger has the, the dumb people saying they're smart and the smart people playing that saying they're dumb. All right, my friend. Thank you, Winston. Well, one, la- one last yeah. thing I wanted to, to, to bring up on, the, on yeah. the, the sorrow of kind of everything. Yes. It's, it's kind of been the through line throughout this whole conversation. Yes. And I just turned 42 on Monday. So coming from the age of, you know, the, the 80s and through today, I've noticed that, like, I mean, there was a time we speak about news. You got your news at a half an hour. Mm-hmm. But I think more, more important than that was we all agreed on it. Mm. You know, you could have a debate with somebody and I could say, well, Drew, according to the New York Times, we all kind of agreed that that was a viable source. Yes. Yes, we did. It, so now we're at a point where not only do we have news 24 hours a day, nobody knows who to trust. I know. I and know. it's just, it's completely gone. I look around and I'm having, again, not being the, the you know sharpest tool, I'm having to default to everybody's trying to screw me when it comes to any medical yeah. advice because yeah. it's the only safe thing I can do. Yeah. You know? And, and, and that's what, uh, was it, uh, oh, I'm blanking on his name. We talked to a young man nearly your age, 37-year-old, who was saying the lo- lo- loss of trust. Yeah, was oh, it's the dumb. major source of this, and then powerlessness. So loss of trust and powerlessness, and then spiritual vacuum. Those seem to be the sort of elements that are coming together here. Well, it's not the powerlessness, because if anything, I felt more empowered. Because again, from the jump with this whole vaccine thing, I was read. I got my bullshit detector went off, mm-hmm. and I'm like, okay, I need to take this on myself. I read every Pfizer BioNTech press release, every one of their studies. Again, knowing that I'm not a doctor or statistician or anything, mm-hmm. but at least knowing that. I'm going to have to do this myself was empowering. Uh, and, and you to could too. Effect. That's the other thing you can now, this stuff's available. So that's, that's, it's all that there. Good news. And I mean, again, I've, I've got the vaccine bill up in front of me and this is stuff that I wouldn't have ever done before. So as opposed to all being right. told, 
that, oh, this is what it is. I'm like, you know, the trust but verify in overdrive. Good. Excellent. But I like this I, guy. I did want to thank you because you've been kind of in you've been so cautious about this and you've been kind of the just a good counterweight but again the reason i called in is just because everything flying around on the internet today is they're going to mandate it in schools maybe they will maybe they won't but we have to stick to the facts and what we know now is this is again my presumption this is why they did it it might need lead to mandates but you can't go around spouting out mandates because that's easy to disprove and then people will disprove everything right well the states can mandate it now they can absolutely they can but but hopefully they won't (laughs) hopefully they won't and and in the meantime colleges are mandating it anyway it's insanity crazy yeah it's absolute insanity but when you when you're coming from a, a point of like I don't know what the term I'm looking for, but just the fringe, I guess. If you're fighting the mainstream, anybody I talk to about this type of stuff, I have to make sure all my T's are crossed, lowercase J's are dotted. Mm -hmm. Because you punch a hole in one thing, they instantly try to discredit everything. Yes, yes, true. So with what the CDC just pulled the last two days, just anybody out there who's listening that is talking about this, make sure you're framing it the correct way because you're probably telling people that don't know and you want to give them... The real truth, because that'll kind of blow their mind. And, and, and by the way, for me, it was uh, RFK Jr. that that alerted me to this, and uh, then we discussed it again yesterday. And now you, the third day in a row, I would not have if I, people are being critical of us talking to RFK. I would not have really been aware of any of this if he hadn't just kind of you know shined a light on it for me. I wouldn't have been a, aware of him as a whole because, frankly, I dismissed him like I was told to do. Me too. As just an anti-vax crank, I had no idea about the work he did with the EPA and mm-hmm. all that. Like he's a He's a national treasure. He's a he's a smart guy. I mean, he's a smart dude. I, he's over his skis a bit, and he thinks like an attorney. You know, they're very narrow narrow focus, but litigious, but, but, to say but, the least. Yeah, but but I, uh, you know, he help, again. I'm looking for bits of information. I'm I'm scrapped. You were afraid of him too, though, Drew. Yeah, we were the trap. We all anybody. Yeah who considered, you know, like what, what you were told, like, Oh, you know, vaccines causes autism. And, and like, mm. that's the guy, yeah. you know, my wife is a, a you know, occupational therapist. That's kind of her stock in trade. Mm. And she's like, that's absurd. Mm. X, Y, and Z and kind of goes yeah. through it. Um, but I'm convinced that if he had like a, a pleasant baritone, we'd be out of this mess <laughs> because <Maybe>. I mean, <laughs> again, Hysterical. It's hard to listen to him, but his the information is just golden. All right, thanks, and buddy. he's a falconer. There, by the way. I, I like this guy. I did not know that, but that, anyway. so Winston, you and Caleb need to meet. I think. Yeah, I I, I like this Caleb guy. Caleb drinks like on me, my think. man. Uh, how old are you? Are you in your thirties? Forty-two. Just turned 40s? forty-two on Monday. Uh, it's yeah. it's isn't yep. it so interesting how you just feel like you were so naive just a few years ago. I'm at 30, what, 34 now, technically. I feel like, wow, I was so naive just two years ago. This is the other thing about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., because I got really hyped about this this part of it. This is an actual quote from him that I was going to put up during his show that was in the New York Times in 2019, where he's saying, I am not anti-vaccine. I want safe vaccines with robust safety testing. However, if you go to Google and you look up Robert F. Kennedy Jr., almost every single thing at the top first page of Google has anti-vaccine zealot anti-vaccine idol in the headlines it's almost like they're constantly trying to slander him in this way when that's not what he's saying at all but maybe he is a favored uh sort of uh figure he is people you know they they cherry like michael malice has said and i think it's great the the you know the media is is uh factual but not not truthful 
Boy, and you can sure. cherry pick stuff that he says and yeah, you can make him sound like whatever, but it's like a story that I heard not to take too much time, but it's, it's a good analogy. You know, when uh, some band from the seventies called black Sabbath, they would go and they some, would ask for, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm spitballing. This here, guy Ozzy that. Osbourne. I don't know. Anyway, keep going. <laughs> we'll go with fog hat to keep things current, okay, but they good. would ask for a brandy glass full of seven brown M&Ms when yeah. they got to their venue. Yeah, yeah. And it might sound insane, but the reason that they did that is because you could walk in there and instantly be like, well, there's seven brain, seven brown M&Ms in that glass. That tells us everything else is here. Kind of a good litmus test for Aren't it. Aren't they green? Did I always heard they were green. <laughs> sure. And I heard okay. those are also an aphrodisiac. <laughs> I don't right. know. I'm not a doctor. <laughs> so, well, the red ones are poison. Okay, here we go. <laughs> But it, again, it just seems like when I see I'm having to default on that, everybody's trying to screw me because when I see Google and any mainstream thing to Caleb's point, like Google the guy and look at it. It's wild. And now it's if you tell me not to read somebody, that's kind of exactly what I want to do now and decide for myself. Yep, I agree. But at I any agree. rate, I, I can't thank you enough. Uh, Drew, you've been just phenomenal throughout this whole thing, man. A, a voice of reason. Trying, and, uh, uh, I appreciate you. Trying it. to make sense things, buddy. Thank you so much. So that sweet. Winston. Uh, Caleb, any more questions from your front? When you were saying you felt naive two years ago, what, what do you mean? You know, I, look, it reminds me whenever I first moved to California and I was in a parking lot of a Ralph's grocery store and my car had a scratch and some guys came up with like a magnet on the side of their truck and they said, oh, we can repair that scratch. Just hand us $200 right now. We'll go get the part and we'll come back. Well, I trusted oh whatever God. these people said. They looked oh like they were in authority. Oh, my God. And I stood in they my They looked garage. at you and went, that kid is homeschooled. We're going to get him. Oh, no yes. But once it happens, it does not happen again. They pull this thing one time and they cannot, they can't make, they can't fool me. Now, now it's like, now that they, it, it's, you can't, you can't pull that over me. It can happen one time. And I feel like the same thing is happening here is people feel like, guys, like, it sure seemed like maybe they can go back and not find it, but it sure did seem like they were making it sound like if you didn't get these mRNA vaccines, then your kids were going to take the virus home and kill grandma, that if you get it, you're going to stop transmission. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, they're saying, oh, well, wait, we didn't actually study if it stopped the transmission at all. And it's these little changing stories where it's people like me who even from the beginning was like, look, we're going to go get the vaccine once we can get it. Once we're on the waiting list, we'll go get it. We were all on board with this thing. We live in California. And now we feel like we're lied to and they will never get us back. That's what they don't understand. Well, They're that's, not going to get yeah, us to trust them what, again. Yeah. yeah. I, I, there, there's that. And it, look, we, we are not saying, and I want to be super clear about this. I, none, of the, none of the people I've interviewed, well, some people have been a little extreme, but let, let me take, tell you my position at least. I'm not saying if you take this vaccine, you're going to be injured. That is not the point. Now, Kelly gets close to saying things like that when she's talking about the excess cancers and the excess heart disease. And uh, even she, even she's worried about there's some something happening to our bodies, our immune system because of this vaccine that maybe is accelerating something. But even that is pretty unusual. She just worried about it. I am saying, I am not really worried about that. I am worried that we're making young, healthy people sick for no reason. Not in a large scale, if it's one in 7,500 and the risk of, of the COVID itself is one in 10,000, that's insane. We're making right. young, healthy people sick for no yep. reason. That's what I'm worried about. That's are they I'm not worried. afraid and it, and it may of turn this? Out to, are they not afraid what? of this backfiring? Like, that's my worry I, is that, I, well, five I, years I from know. now, how many people and how many, like, it's, you can literally create, because mm. I, I know how yeah. my, 
my extended family are and how they became yeah. like extreme anti-vaxxers and anti-doc. Like they're so far on the anti side. This is from, you know, 20 years of stuff because there were, they had stuff and everyone was acting as if, oh, it's not real. It didn't happen. And they felt like they were being diminished by their own physicians that were supposed to be taking care of them. Well, then they passed this on to a next generation of all of us kids that, there's going to be a whole generation of people now that don't trust any medicine at all because their parents saw something, they don't trust it, and they're just going to keep passing it down. I, I, how about I feel they're like feeling about the government? Oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. How about, yeah. How about they're feeling? I mean, that's what, that's what worries me. The government has, has my, lost its credibility. I, and, I can and by the way, I meant to ask Winston. I, he mentioned Michael Malice. I did a two-part interview with Michael Malice. This part two is up right now, the Dr. Drew podcast. Do we have that up on the website? Yeah, yeah I think it's actually and, there, um yeah. Yeah, yeah, so Winston, go go visit me and uh, Michael Malice. It was a really interesting romp through Michael's brain. And uh, he, that's some of the things that he's very concerned about is that how do governments have, achieve, restore, determine, literacy, uh, um, God damn it, my brain. Um, legitimacy, legitimacy. Yeah. I better yeah, stop. It's, I better stop. Yeah. I know, I got it's, a hair appointment. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I think I get I get more mad about these topics now that I have a son. And so all of a sudden, I'm just like, it's not just me. Oh, yeah. It's I have this little innocent yeah. baby that I have to think about all this stuff. And I'm just shocked yeah. whenever I, yeah. you know, it's I'm, I'm, I got the mRNA stuff. I got the vaccines and I was fine. He's fine. My wife is fine. But that doesn't mean it's totally fine for every single person on the planet. Like, and why is right. it so controversial for someone like Robert F. Kennedy Jr. To, vaccine rant. Well, well <laughs> why is it so yeah. controversial for him to demand a higher standard of testing for vaccines that we're going to be given? to our toddlers and, and infants and, like why is that such a controversial and i would even thought? argue that this shouldn't even be getting to the american public why is it that a yep. guy like jay bhattacharya raises his hand and go hey guys let's think about this and they they crush him and they don't that's when it gets out to the public this this kind of ex these excesses it's gonna backfire it's, it's gonna oh, keep going it's like you look at the generation of people my whole my parents' generation was so affected by what happened in Waco that it it's just trickled down to a complete distrust of the government mm. ever since then, and it it's gonna mm. do the same thing with this. It it may take a few years, but it, it's gonna keep going, and it's pretty. Yeah, I don't. Well, I wish not, it we don't happen, have a few but. years to wait. We're gonna leave, and we're gonna be back on Monday. Uh, <laughs> and on Monday, I think we have Pierre Corey, if I remember right. On Tuesday, we have a few special guests that are trying to get into that slot. So Kelly will join us on Monday. And we have a few people trying to get in on the Tuesday that you, you're aware of that, right, uh, Caleb? Yes, we're, we're still working out the details on a super special guest that might be coming that day. Yeah, I, I can't wait for that if that indeed turns out to be the case. So we have some, a lot of stuff coming, so stay with us. Uh, I have to travel a bit next week, so I'll be out of town from Wednesday on. Uh, and then gone till the following Wednesday. Right. So we to to Thursday, to, we're going to be out. We'll be gone from Thursday to Wednesday. But we'll like be that. back. We'll do long shows on the end of the week. We'll do long shows. We'll do more shows. And If uh, Camden will let us. We'll keep you posted. <laughs> we'll see you then. Ta-ta. Ask Dr. Drew is produced by Caleb Nation and Susan Pinsky. As a reminder, the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care, diagnosis, or treatment. This show is intended for educational and informational purposes only. I am a licensed physician, but I am not a replacement for your personal doctor and I am not practicing medicine here. Always remember that our understanding of medicine and science is constantly evolving. Though my opinion is based on the information that is available to me today, some of the contents of this show could be outdated in the future. Be sure to check with trusted resources in case any of the information has been updated since this was published. If you or someone you know is in immediate danger, don't call me, call 911. 
If you're feeling hopeless or suicidal, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255. You can find more of my recommended organizations and helpful resources at drdrew.com help.